how building an audience can help expand your hobby in today's episode of the Makers and Nerds podcast. So let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Makers and Nerds podcast, where I chat with makers and nerds all about their passions and hobbies and how they are making money with it. I'm your host, Marcelo Lewin, a maker and a nerd. In this episode, I speak with Kevin McAleer, a project manager and robots fan about his robotics hobby and how he built a following that allows him to not only continue doing his hobby on a daily basis, but to expand it into a real business. But before I bring him on, I just want to remind you to visit makersandnerds.com to join our community of makers and nerds helping each other make money with our hobbies and passion. All right, let's get Kevin on. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, let's uh, jump in and start. If you're a maker, a nerd, or what do you consider yourself? Yeah, so I, I would consider myself a nerd that became, um, yeah, a nerd that became a maker. I started making things slightly later on, I think, but I've always been a bit of a nerd. You know, and I'm wondering if most makers were first nerds, because I could tell you that's my journey too, right? I mean, I love all this stuff uh, and then decided, okay, let's start making stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always made stuff, but I was always a nerd before that. It's always the, the, it's, it's the things I nerd out on that I usually make. So... (laughs) That's kind of where right. the creativity comes from when I'm inspired by something science fiction or something like that. Okay, but you got to show you got to show us actually oh, what yes. you were showing me before we got <laughs> yes. started, which was totally awesome. Because you know, I'm going to ask you my next question is, what do you make? So instead of yes. asking you, you telling me, why don't you show us? I can show. So this is my Ghostbusters Wi-Fi scanner. It's so uh, cool. It, <laughs> so it's modeled off the uh, the PKE meter from the uh, the first movie. And what it will do is it will scan your Wi-Fi network and find any hotspots that it can detect. And I've got some little buttons on the, the front of the device here. And as mm-hmm. I press these, it'll go up and down the list of available Wi-Fi networks. And it will change the position of the arms depending on the signal that it's found. So, yeah, that was a really fun build to do. It's one of the ones. So when it's fully open, it's got a very strong signal for that particular Wi-Fi. So what did she use? Are you using a Pico or what are you using? Yes. So this is a Pico W. um, W, And it's a whole bunch of um, parts that are available from Pimeroni, who are a company. They're a bit like Adafruit, based in the UK, Mm -hmm. Sheffield. And they make amazing products. So they the screen is a Pimeroni um, Pico display pack. So it just fits on the top of the uh, Pico W. Yeah. And then there's a Galleon battery inside, which is the uh, the thing that powers it. And then there's a little converter that enables me to sort of charge this up, which is called a uh, Pico uh, a LiPo Amigo Pro, which um, just connects to the battery and uh, allows you to sort of you know charge it up. And then there's a little servo on there as well. It's just sticking out the back, which does the actual arms. Uh, it's quite interesting so one mechanism. servo, yeah. Yeah, so one cog kind of turns the other one, a kind of a mechanism. So, yeah, it was one of those things where I was thinking, what could I make with uh, our Pico W? What could I do? And I was thinking about Wi-Fi scanning. And then these things just occur to me sometimes. I'll just think that there's a leap that happens. And I'll think, wouldn't it be really cool if? 
and then it's a matter of iterating and printing and then getting it wrong and trying again right um, so yeah i'll model it in fusion 360 i usually sort of model all the different bits bring them together in a design and then print that design out i don't always get it right first time but sometimes i do so like this is another one i printed recently so this is um i don't know if I can get that to uh yep we can see it now focus. um so this is from a particular movie from the 80s i don't know if you you know which movie that is jeff no. goldblum the fly. Oh, oh, the fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So this is um, it's basically a holder for um, um, a, a Pimeroni Enviro, which is like an environmental sensor based okay. on the Pico W. And it's about that kind of size. It just fits in there and just looks cool, sat on your desk or whatever. And another one I made recently was the uh, Next Cube. So this one has a, a Pico inside. Yeah. And it actually hosts a real website. So... You can see that if I get that to focus again. So it's based on the uh, the original Next Cube. So model that in Fusion 360. That is amazing. amazing. We're talking about the Next Computer. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Steve Jobs. That's right. Yeah, and that's what the the very first World Wide Web server browser and uh, HTML markup was created on by uh, Tim Berners Lee. So I thought, in homage to that, I would. Uh, because you can host a website from a Pico, which is insane because it's a microcontroller. It's a six and, uh, eight dollar micro, well, at least here. Right. Well, for and now. I mean, there, I don't yeah. yeah. Whereas just there, there is um there's a yeah. big mouth Billy Bass fish, and that's running a Pico. And you can go on to mouthpie.co and you can control it over the World Wide Web and make it open its mouth, close it, make its tail move out, make its head move. You can do all that, and that's running on a Pico and hosting its own website. <laughs> that is then, crazy. Another thing, this Your is camera, a, a Raspberry Pi. That. Yeah. yeah, I've got quite a few variants of it as well. So um, this is a, one that was sent to me by Arducam. So they've sent me like a, a little lens to try out. So I've put a, a Raspberry Pi 4 in there and just printed these chassis out. That's what I yeah. created. Yeah, so the only thing going on. <laughs> all of this is controlled by Python. I mean, you're writing Python. Uh... That's right, yeah. Python code, MicroPython. Yeah. And that's what I love about uh, robotics. That's what I'm passionate about. It's it's the sort of bringing together. Imagine a, a Venn diagram with sort of three circles overlapping. So yeah. you've got electronics, you've got programming, and you've got physical design. And yeah. where they overlap, you've got robotics sort of sat in the middle. And most people are good at one of those three things and maybe not as good in the other areas. Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about robotics. You can sort of expand your expertise. Uh, and there's nothing quite like it's nothing quite like writing a program and have that work. But writing a program that moves an arm or senses something and then reacts to it, that's even more magical. So Right. So how do you how do you how are you creative? I mean, how do you come up with these ideas and um and then move on them? Because I'm assuming you also have a day job. Yes, I do. <laughs> So where do you find the time to do all of this cool stuff, do your day job and come up with the ideas? And I know yeah. you have a family as well. Yes. So so, so I've got a 20-year-old daughter. Um, she helps me run the social media, actually, for the company. Oh, that's uh, cool. So, yeah, she'll do all like the MailChimp mail shots uh, that we try and right. do every week. Um, and then from the point of view of design, so I have, I have kind of a pattern. My week follows a very similar pattern. I go live every single Sunday evening at 7 o'clock. And I try and have a show every single week. I, I don't think I've missed many weeks in a year. So mm -hmm. pretty much 50, 50 shows a year. And then in between that, I'll do um, pre-recorded videos. But live is what I want to sort of carry on doing. So on a Monday is kind of my day off. I'll be thinking about what can I do for the following week? 
then on Tuesday, I'll be like, right, ideation time. I've got a list of ideas. Which one of those ideas do I want to sort of move on? And um, the, the, the difficulty will be, if I have an idea, but it's not fully formed yet, how yeah. long will it take to make that idea work? Now, sometimes you can slice that up. You can make, there might be a, if you're in the middle of building something, it doesn't work. That can be content. That can be something that's useful to teach and tell people about. And I've done quite a few of those. So the camera one that I just showed you, this actually isn't working fully yet. So that the lens works, I can, I can see through it if I plug in power. Uh, the 3D design is now ready. It's finished. Um, but there's an issue with the screen on the back um, because it's like a third party screen you know, it, it doesn't work. We can't talk, take a picture and have it display on the back yet, which is kind of a fundamental thing for this. But that whole journey of how I got there, that was one show. And once I've got that working, I can then do a comparison between all those three lenses and three, you know, um, different types of sensor. And people love that because they might not be able to get hold of that sensor or that, you know, they might be wanting to buy one and not know if mm -hmm. it's worth it or not. So doing right. comparisons and reviews is of value to people. So I'm always trying to think about what is the value I can deliver uh, in that one week sort of leading up to the to the Sunday show. So Tuesday is my ideation, picking the idea. Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be working on that. And if I've got capacity, I'll try and squeeze in a midweek pre-recorded video as well. <laughs> And Wait, hold on, hold on. You, you also work full time. Yes, yes. Okay, so are you a project manager? Or are you a developer? That's right. I'm a project manager. I work for a, a very, uh, I think, the world's biggest cereal company. So you might know who they are. Um, <laughs> Does it start with a K? <laughs> yes. Kellogg's. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, and they're an amazing company. And um, so I'll work for them during the day, but I'm in my robot lab while I'm working for them. So I might have something three. Oh, you're remote. There, you you work remotely. There. Yes, 100% remote. So it does mean I can have things going. Whereas mm -hmm. if I was working in, a, in an office, like we have a, a, an office in Media City. If I was working there, I can't be 3D printing stuff right. at the same time. I can't adjust them and all that. And there's bits, you know, during the day, like lunch hours. And then because I'm not commuting, I have so many more, so much more time during the day. So when yeah. I used to work in, um, in, say, Manchester, in the center of Manchester, it might take me an hour to get to to manchester from where i live because of the traffic and the ring roads um and then an hour back and right. you're also tired from that driving so i found working 100 percent remote not only does it give me two and a bit hours extra a day yeah um, i'm really refreshed i have loads of energy and ideas ready yeah. to go yeah so but yeah. but that means that uh so they know obviously you you mix it all up i mean they as in the company you work for and they're totally cool with that Yep, that's cool. Yeah. I get everything done I need to for them. They're, they're all and it's important because the reality is uh, everything you're doing for your own stuff does help you in your day job anyway. Absolutely, yes. So one of the things I learned to finesse was like, I've got an eye for aesthetics. Um, I'm not a great artist in, in a sort of pencil and paper way, but I'm very good with like Illustrator or um you know, all the graphic software is something called Omnigraffle for the Mac. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and that means when I, that transfers completely over to the work um, environment yeah, because I can throw together slides and things very quickly to a really right. high standard. And similarly with, with just having planning things out. So as a project manager, you know, I'm, I'm running quite a regimented um, timescale for myself. I'm going to go live on a Sunday you know, come what may. So I need to figure out what is it. Now, one of the great things with having that commitment is that you end up with things that are finished. 
because you're driven to finish them. So rather than just starting a bit of a project and then putting it to the side, I'll be like, no, no, I need to finish something. I need to have something to show and be of value to people. So, but what drives you, but explain to us what drives you to, and by the way, this, this podcast was supposed to be about um, <laughs> multiple income streams, but yes. you know what? I'm going to, but no, I'm going to continue talking about this because I think this is amazing. Now we may touch upon that, but, this this is amazing because um, first of all, many people start stuff and never finish it. Yes. And when I say many people, I'm raising my hand here. Okay, so I'm not you know I'm speaking for myself here. Um, but also um, committing to something uh, is extremely important. Um, yes. So that way you feel because I feel like that too. I feel sometimes that I start many things and I don't finish it, and then I'm kind of bummed out. I'm like, okay. And then you don't want to finish anything because you kind of like, you know, you have so many things going on. So explain to us your process. I mean, you you said, I mean, it sounds like it's very regimented. So it sounds really regimented, but it's really fluid. So I heard somebody recently say creativity is an opportunity, not an obligation. And for me, that goes Mm. so deep because... I worry sometimes that I am pushing myself too far and I'll feel like I'm burning yeah. out if, if I if I have to produce something and I have to do a midweek. So the midweek video is optional for me. If I've got something I want to share with people I think is of value, then I'll do I'll put the time in to do that. Um, I'm also um, a perfectionist, and that really doesn't help if you're trying to get right. something out the door. So one <laughs> good skill I've learned over the past two years is to just right. dial down the perfectionism. It's, you know, sometimes good enough is more than enough for what people are right. after. So, you know, the perfectionism. As they say, you never finish, just give up. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then the thing about being committed and seeing something through um, I have whole boxes of things behind me where I, they're all failed projects or projects I've just not seen through and I've kind of given up on. Sometimes, yeah. though, they they did what they needed to do. So they were a piece of content that was interesting at the time, and I might never return to that, but it was at the time something that was worth sharing with people. So, again, I don't give myself a hard time about that. It's an opportunity to do something, and I may return to it at a future point. I've not thrown it out. So, and you know. probably use the learning in, in those projects that are unfinished exactly. for, let's say, the camera project that you yes. finished or whatever. Yeah. And, and the learning thing. Is so I core... know you said, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say a learning thing is, part, is a core value of my channel. So I will say at the beginning of every video, learn with me as we build robots, bring them to life with code and have a whole load of fun along the way. And the learning part is I'm not an expert there are people who know a lot more about specific things than I do. Right. Um, but I know more about some things than other people, and I can share that. So you only have to be one step ahead to lead people. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I'm showing them. I know where they stood. I stood there not too long ago, and yeah. I can say, and this is what you need to do next to, to get the result you're looking for. What drives you to do this? Because I know you say it's not regimented, but definitely yeah. you have a schedule. And that yes. seems to be very important to have some sort of schedule to yeah. finish something, right? Yeah. If you don't put yeah. yourself on a schedule, it's kind of hard to, like yeah. you said, you can be fluid, but still have that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So the Sunday show is non-negotiable. That is going to happen come what may. So I need to just sometimes think, you know, is, is this week going to be kind of a, an easy week for me? Am I going to find something like, you know, companies will send me products to review and things. That's yeah. a really easy, lazy show for me because I just have to sort of think, right. well, what is this? How can I showcase it? Have they got some demo? Right. I'll go through that. 
So that's an easy one for me. Whereas some other ones where if it's something I'm working on and it requires a lot of effort to assemble it and, you know, maybe put together, I'm always thinking about the value. What is the value I can give to other people? Because that's what they're going to come to my channel for. And that they're going to stick around if they think there's more value to be had in the future. They'll subscribe and commit. Uh, and I'm in this for the long game. So I can't just be sort of, you know, going on about something that's really, um, you know, my, my content needs to be evergreen. So people are always, you know, coming to the channel and finding something that's relevant to them today. If, if my channel was like, I don't know, something about this that's um, right now and only relevant right now, that yeah. that video is not going to have very much longevity. So a lot of my content is is something that's evergreen. It's always going to have people coming to it and finding it and it being of use, even if it's a programming language and versions move on. Right, right. But the concepts are, are exactly. there, right? Yeah, so building the camera is going to be building the camera regardless of a better exactly. lens, better sensor. It's yes. still the concepts are there. But... Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask you what what um, what drives you to, to you're definitely a passionate guy and you said you're oh no this is where I was going um, and the reason I, I don't have everything organized now is because our topic is totally different than planned but that's okay I love this this is fantastic um, but what you said long you're in it for the long term but does that mean you want to yes. make this your 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 final yes. career choice absolutely yes and I know that is achievable but it's only achievable if I don't give up and I stick with this for a long time and I can see the curve, I have graphs, I have data that, you know, from the YouTube, how many people have subscribed, which videos are performing well. I, I, I look at that constantly. I'm definitely data driven. Um, definitely but, a project uh, manager. Absolutely. You know, so the, the data will define me, but, but also um, when, when I was starting out live streaming, one of the things that uh, some advice I was given is what can you do every single week that you're not going to get bored of for the next 10 years, because that's mm. what it might take to succeed. Right. 10 years is a long time, but think where we'll be in 10 years. And, and another thing, I think Casey Neistat said this, um, you know, the, uh, the famous YouTuber, mm -hmm. he said, um, if you spread yourself really thin, so say you've got thousands of hobbies, um, you could be this good at each one of those things because you're spreading your time. But if you stacked all that up into one hobby, and just mm -hmm. dial down on that one thing. You think that's that's what I'm going to do and spend all my effort and energy on. You know, that's that's a lot bigger than this very wide thing. And most people go wide rather than the, the sort of thin and tall. So right. that's kind of what I've done with robots. Kind of like what the the theory behind long tail, which yes. is right, go narrow but deep. Yes, narrow but deep, and that's exactly what I've done. You know, they talk about niching down a lot on uh, YouTube channels. Yeah. Now, my channel is about Raspberry Pis, about robotics, electronics, programming. That's quite a wide thing anyway. So um, it's it's niche, but it's also got a lot of depth to it. So there's lots yeah. of different things we can dial into. Uh, and a lot of people are interested in it, um, a lot more than I would have thought. But there, there are YouTubers out there. There's one guy in the UK uh, called James um, Bruton. And uh, I've interviewed him for my show, actually. I had uh, the, um, the opportunity of interviewing him a while ago. And uh, he has over a million subscribers. So what that tells me is there is at least a million subscribers who would also like my content because it's very similar to his. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, it, and it sounds like what's important for you is to do something you love to do and then yes. find that audience. Yes. Yeah. It, is yep. that kind of like the secret to keep going? I think so, because it doesn't feel like a day job then. It doesn't feel like a work a, a, work a day you know, grind. It feels like it's an opportunity and something you can be passionate about. Um, 
And the thing I like is I feel my skills building each week I do something. If I look back a month ago or, you know, a year ago and I'll think, yeah. wow, my skills in that area have gone from here to here. Uh, and the opportunities have gone from here to here. So I'm getting contacted now by companies who are saying, you know, will, will you help us with this? Will you, um, you know, can we send you this to review or would you be interested in working with us? Um, so that that was one of the best things that ever happened. I, I um, This company, Pimeroni, that I was talking about, that based yeah. in the UK, uh, I, I reviewed one of their, their boards because it, it was just one of the most magical things I'd used. And I thought, I'll, I'll essentially write them a love letter through a video reviewing this <laughs> and saying why I love this so much. And it's it's not biased. They, they reached out the next day and said, we love this. You know, can we work with you doing some video content? And then what that meant was this year, in uh, June this year, June 30th, when uh, Raspberry Pi launched their brand new uh, Pico W chip, I yeah. was sat there with the two founders of Pimroni side by side, live streaming to the world. And we had you know thousands of people watching this video at the launch. Um, and I had access to this this uh, this chip before anybody else, months before. So what do you, you know, attribute that, was... that to? Because I can see a couple of things about you. Besides being regimented, schedule, blah, blah, blah. You're extremely passionate. It's contagious. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, um, in a good way. And um, so, what do you attribute this? Is it is passion extremely important for people to be able to take that hobby and yeah? You, and it seems like you're doing it without wanting to do it, like going from yeah. hobby to to making yeah. money with it. Because I think you have to have a why. Why? Why do you want to to do what you do? You know, if you if you have a YouTube channel or a podcast or you you're in some way outputting i'm a creator i know to my soul i like to make things and i also making videos about what i make is is just the next level yeah. and i actually started um the reason i got into youtubing was because uh, i was creating these little robots uh called smars robots i didn't design these uh, there was a guy um i think it's a swedish student who designed it um, and i just found this online 3d printed it and i was like this is the best thing i've ever seen ever I need to know more about this. Um, and there wasn't very much information out there. Some other people have built like add-on things and the code was kind of in a different place. And I thought, we need to bring all this together in one place. It didn't mm -hmm. exist. And I thought, well, I'll build that. And I'll build that and share it because if there's people like me out there. I want to I want to see more of these things. I want to see more robots and more, particularly small robots are easy to build. I want to see right. more of them. So how do I see more of them? I kind of put out there what I want to see. Mm -hmm. And they will attract people, you know, who, who are like-minded to me and I'll meet them. And then, you know, everyone's lives better. <laughs> My yeah. life's enriched because I can see more robots. So that's kind of where I was coming from with this particular um, enterprise. And, you know, sometimes things don't succeed. I mean, before that, I was looking for something, you know, like a supplemental passive income. And I tried doing T-shirts. I had a T-shirt company called Geek Me Tees. They got the domain name, I think, still somewhere. Um, and I wasted a lot of money on that. I, th I think I spent about three or four hundred pounds on Facebook advertising. But what I did learn is how to advertise, how to not advertise, and also how to advertise on Facebook if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also found that there's no such thing as easy money. So these t shirt companies and um, Shopify, they were sort of suggesting that it's very easy to do drop shipping. You can set up a company, right. sit back, money rolls in. And I found that that really doesn't happen at all. And I kind of bought into that a little bit, if I'm honest. Uh, and I thought, well, all right, then what's the opposite of that then? So the opposite of uh, quick money is like slow money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so build value over time. 
and you get this exponential curve going on. So you will get this effect where uh, the more that you put in over time, you get this sort of multiplier effect. So it's right. not just a linear thing. It actually increases. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. And I can see that happening now in the data from YouTube. It's showing me I'm speeding up. I'm not just growing. It's increasing in the speed of which it's growing. So that's a beautiful thing for me to see in the data. I get a lot. And of when you say value, you obviously mean in your content, put value for the end user, for the, yes. the viewer. Yeah. It has to be valuable content and not fluff. Exactly, yes. And sometimes that's that can be a hard lesson because I would sometimes put the very early videos, a lot of effort into things that didn't really add value, but I like doing. So I might yeah. do a really artsy kind of intro cross-fading things or little animations that would take me hours, days to put together for a couple of seconds. And then the feedback would people would say, didn't really like that bit, but I liked the bit where he was presenting and showing the thing. And I was like, right, so let's get rid of all that other stuff and just get to the content. The content. So, yeah. So the content is king. That's the thing that people come for. Right. Uh, and and so the, one of the other things I learned was people come for the content, but they stay for you. So if you're if you've got a likable personality, and I'm not the you know the most natural person on camera, I'm quite socially awkward. Uh, but I've been doing this a long time. You definitely now, don't but... come through as that. I got to tell you. <laughs> so you know, at two and a half years, I've been live streaming every single Sunday. Um, you know, if you look at my very first video, yeah, I'm quite nervous. I don't make eye contact. I'm quiet. <laughs> no whisper. Uh, and I've learned that, you know, you need to put a lot more energy into the camera because that, that distance between you and the camera, right. and the camera, and the person's screen, the other end, it really saps away a lot of that energy. So you need to put that in there. And that's a skill you learn. That's something that, um, you know, you, you, you're not born with, um, but it's a learnable skill. So, you know, it you seems that, that what drives you uh, to continually do this is what I'm hearing at, at least is uh, continually learning for yourself yes. and continually sharing your information yes. with others. Yep. It seems like, cause so far I have, I have, I have heard zero about money. You, you haven't yes. even talked about money, which is great, yep. but through, but because of the sharing and the learning, you're obviously getting money or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the revenue will come from um, advertising. That seems to be still, uh, and, and that can be quite fickle. There'll be periods of time where you think, well, I put loads of content into YouTube. The videos yeah. have performed really well, but the actual revenue I've got back from that isn't the same as a previous month where I didn't do particularly well. And that might be that advertisers just haven't spent the cash that month. So uh, I think January is like a really fallow month for advertising because they've spent all the money leading up to Christmas and people spending on, you know, um, gifts and things like that so the advertisers spend all that money advertising and then they've, they've kind of spent at that point mm -hmm. for them the, the peak period so you know that tells you you know make sure you've got some really good content in december then in that case because that's where you're going to earn the money ever prepared yeah yeah uh, what do you recommend for people to do to stay creative and to be consistent because the hardest thing for anybody to do yeah is consistency right that's one of the yeah. things that i see when 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 things fail it's not so much about they did it wrong. I mean, sometimes it is, but a lot yeah. of the times is they just gave up, you know? Yeah. And I, again, I'm speaking for myself too, right? You just gave up. Yeah. If you would have continued, uh, something would have come out of it, right? So yes. uh, give us some tips. Yeah. yeah so especially that, that, when you're down, meaning yeah, like, oh, happens, this isn't you know? work, right? We all have days where we, we, we don't feel 100%. We don't feel like there's any creativity left. Exactly. And I find, you know, 
rather than, than just stewing in that and watching stuff on TV, because that can be like a real time suck. I mean, I enjoy watching things on, I don't watch terrestrial TV or cable anymore. It tends right. to be like Netflix. Who does? And, Anybody does? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've not done that for decades. But um, I, I will, I will s save time. I'll cut out time to be creative. Uh, right. I have my best ideas in the shower because I think it's like the white noise and, you know, you often close your eyes in the shower and I think you it just lets the ideas percolate. Interesting. So so I'll get my phone. Luckily, it's waterproof and I can sort of quickly go into Trello. I, used, I love Trello for sort of capturing yeah, ideas. I use Trello really, too. I love Trello. Really seamless, isn't it? You just put the idea in, bam, it's there. Yeah. And then I can then later on develop that idea. Uh, I mean, there are loads of ideas on my ideas board that are just like one word and I have no idea what I was thinking at the time, but it'll come back <laughs> if mm -hmm, it's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then other times uh, I'll just come in here and sort of tinker about. I'll pull things out and have a look through or tidy up. And then in the process of doing that, I'll be like, oh, hang on. you know, there's an idea there. Why don't I do this? And I'll quickly get out the Trello thing, add that to the ideas. Add it. And then I move okay. on. And then when I'm feeling down and like I haven't, I feel like I've got no creative juices left, I'll go and have a look at that Trello board of ideas and think, what's got the best value on here? What can I do? What, what can I do in one shot in one week? Yeah. What will take longer than that? And therefore, maybe I need to break it up um, or work on it in the background and then show it a later week. And um, some projects, yeah, I, I just don't know how I'm going to do yet. So behind me, there's like a, a creeper guy. Um, it's mm -hmm. like a Halloween yep. figure. We see I want to do some stuff for Halloween. Uh, and I bought this guy off, in, off the internet. And the idea, I want to make him remotely controllable using a Raspberry Pi Pico W. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. But mechanically, I think it, I think it should be able to do at least make the motors go forwards and backwards. Yeah, so I, can, I can make it controllable in that way, and that'll be. But you be start with it, you you uh, you start with a seed of an idea. You put yes. it down, and then it grows. Right, you add more water every right. day, <laughs> literally through the shower. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then. Literally. And then it grows, right, into yeah. then we see the final part and we're going like, wow, you're a genius. How did you come up with that? But it started yeah. slowly as that one seed of I got the skull. Yeah. I'm going to make it move. And then from there, let's see what happens. Yeah. And you've not got to be too critical about the ideas you have because, you know, like I said, a lot of the ideas I have and I put on the Trello thing, they're garbage. They, 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 they just won't work. But at the time when I have the idea, capture it because you don't know if this is going to be a golden one and like your next ticket right. out of here or whether this is just a bit of piece of content, sure. you know, to get you by a week. So, yeah. How do you, how do you stop yourself? Um, this is a problem I have is I'm yeah. working on something. And then I come up yep. with an idea. I'm like, oh, and then I get all hot on that idea. And and the one I'm working on, I'm no longer hot on, right? Yeah. And then, of course, that's how you start a billion things and never finish anything. How do you yep. stop yourself from, because you seem to have a lot of these shower ideas, right? Yeah. But how do you control so, yourself from like, okay, cool ideas, let's write it down, but let's work and finish this one? Yes. So the commitment to doing a show every Sunday helps shape that because if you've got a constraint... Again, we're going back to schedule here. Yes. So the, the schedule will mean I make a decision because if I don't make a decision, I haven't got a show. Yeah. So that constraint will help me choose and help decide mm. something because I'll think, yeah, this is a great idea. So I, I have actually got quite a few projects on the go at the moment. So uh, there's that one with the... Uh, the the spooky guy behind me there is mm -hmm. also a clock which i think is probably just behind me i'm gonna make a harry potter uh weasley clock where you can see what location people are in i bought a little granddaughter clock for that and some spoons for the hands 
Uh, that's quite a physical one, will require 3D printing. And I know now from experience, 3D printing designs, I probably need three, three iterations of it before it, it's good enough. Um, and they take time to print. I've got two 3D printers, but they still take hours to print things out. So right. um, I'll factor that into, is this going to be an easy, quick one, or do I need to start this now for two weeks' time? So that's the kind of, th and the other thing, of course, is this is my workshop. So if I've got my both my 3D printers printing out, they create quite a bit of noise, and it's you pick it up on the microphone, uh, and that means I can't record like a midweek show because they, they take up so much noise. So I have to factor in, do I want to do a midweek? Is this going to take time to do that? So there's a few practicalities that will also just define what I'm doing when. Um, but yeah, but it seems the, adding a deadline helps you. It, yes. it sounds like yeah. adding a deadline, look, I've got to get this done by this time, helps you finish that thing. Yes. So so question for you on that is, once you have that deadline, does it stop feeling like a fun hobby and more like, oh man, it's, I really don't want to do this, but I know I have the show. Do you know what I mean? I, how I do you, yeah. yeah. So how, how explain to us that feeling there. Yeah. So, so I know that if I'm consistent, people will know to tune in at the same time each week. The, you know, right. it ends up being part of their life. Oh yeah, it's Sunday evening. I need to tune in and I can see the same people coming back week and week and each week we get a couple of extra people joining and I can see the numbers increase and I like that because it means you know it turns into extra revenue pays the hobby more than pays for itself then right um so th that little adrenaline rush I get from seeing more people join and you know the consistency paying back mm -hmm. that's something that makes me want to be more consistent and continue to be absolutely rigid on that particular thing other things can change like I said the amount of stuff we put in the show um you know, the amount of depth that some of the content has, you know, that can vary week to week, depending mm -hmm. if I'm having a good week or a bad week, as it were. But I always go live so people can guarantee and they always seem to get value out of it. They're not just being kind. They they, they seem to sort of really get value out of it. Um, so the consistency and uh, it is the key to the success. You know, I can really see that rigidly in there. And that's why that's worth committing to. So your question about, does that feel like a, like an obligation? And it doesn't because I've got all the, it's the only constraint that I have really. Everything else I can be completely creative about. Hmm. Um, and one of the other things I know, when I watch other YouTubers on there, you know, if you watch somebody and you look at their earlier stuff and then you look at their later stuff and you can see how they've really dialed in whatever it is they do, or you can see if they've kind of gone off message and you think, oh, they were really, their early stuff was really good, but I'm not really interested in what they do now. I'm really aware of that, like hyper aware. So I want to make sure I'm always on brand, on topic for what my channel is about. So you're not going to see like hang gliding videos or gardening tips and stuff on my channel. It's going to be about robotics in some form, electronics, components, raspberry pies, that kind of stuff. So staying um, focused, it's really important uh, and yes. not going off off brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and for somebody uh, that just loves to do a billion things, what do you tell them if they want to grow their audience, let's say? Yeah, pick one. And it doesn't even have to be your favorite one, actually. You could save that for as a treat. Just do something that you know you can stick with and mm -hmm. that you think has got has got room to go, you know, keep going and keep going. I have seen some YouTubers kind of go down um, like train lines, tram lines, where they they're stuck they have to keep doing the same thing and maybe they don't like this anymore but maybe right. 
people keep watching that content and we've got to make more of that then you know you see people like if they if there's like a particular video like say they do minecraft videos and that's all they can do what they're known for they might feel like i've done this to death there is nothing left to be right. done there and that's one of the challenges that they've got i think if um if you dial down too too narrow so you need it broad enough where you've got room to sort of breathe and grow and swap and change and yeah. with me with, with robotics i can do a couple of weeks where i'm just programming and i love programming i don't love it all the time i just love it while i'm in the mood for it so right. then another week i might like designing things and 3d printing things and feeling you know the physical design of something and how it all fits together but and, it's still all related to robotics all related and it means i can move between the different things and keep the content fresh because if, if i'm coming at it fresh it comes across the camera and the, the content shines because it's fresh so yeah i think that's you've got to sort of be creative in your creative endeavor you know you've got yeah. to apply that same kind of what, what do you do when you see there's a stall in your audience meaning growth right um yeah do, have you experienced that and if you have what did you do to pivot yeah so in the early days I was very frustrated by the lack of instant success. <laughs> I knew that it would take time to build, but I thought, really, this long to build? It's like really, really slow at first. But real quick, how long did it take you? Because I want people to know this. This is an important yes. aspect, right? We all want to yes. get real big on YouTube really quickly, but it doesn't yeah. work like that. No. So, and it's different for different people, depending right. on what the, the content is that you create. Um, and I have my sub count listed on my whiteboard over here because it's something I focus on. Wait, you I'll didn't start. do a little Raspberry Pi? Uh, uh, I could do that. <laughs> you need to. That's <laughs> your next like one. <laughs> That's I'm also analog. I like old school stuff as well. They kind of like post-it notes and things. There you go. Yeah. Um, so February 2021, um, I had 500 subscribers. And I okay. started YouTube in, in June, I think it was, June or July 2020 so it took you about a year to get 500 subs yeah and then from february to april the same year i got another 500 so it doubled in that amount of time wow. and then from a thousand to say three thousand that was november um the same year and then two months later in the january i'd hit four thousand the march five thousand the april six thousand june seven so it's almost a thousand a month um, now I can see slightly plateauing a little bit. I think the Ukrainian war took people's eyeballs off right. watching whimsical content and to maybe looking at a bit more serious stuff. So I saw the growth slow down a little bit, but then it's growing again quite fast. Um, and As of, of the August I've... or September, where are you at now? Yeah. So yeah. So. I'm at nine thousand four hundred and something. Wow! So you're about to hit ten k, which yeah, is a really is... substantial number. Yeah, this month we will uh, in in September we will hit um, 10k, almost guaranteed. <laughs> Amazing. So and you attribute anything. that growth to the constant uh, putting so out of content, of, valuable yes, that's, evergreen that's content. Yeah, yeah, you've got to put out the content. You've got to show up. Basically, yeah. if you don't show up, people won't know you're there. And then there's another element of marketing. And I, I thought I was the world's worst marketer. I thought, I don't understand marketing. I don't understand. It sounds like a salesy thing to do, mm -hmm. um, blowing trumpets and all that. Mm. However, um, I found marketing for me is tweeting and going on Instagram and just sharing what I've made. Right. Uh, so it could just be a couple of seconds of a clip of me sort of showing the camera, basically just sort of, you know, saying, look what I've made and hashtags, understanding which hashtags 
um, relates to the thing that you're showing because that's how you get it sort of wider um, wider viewership. The, the algorithm will suggest to people who are like those similar things that there's another yeah. thing here. And I've also discovered that things are quite brightly colored. This yellow color seems to be the most popular color for anything I 3D print. Anything that's got this yellow on it, it just pops. Um, so it must be something about the time, the you know, when people are scrolling through and then the yeah. yellow thing pops up. Yeah, yeah. The right there's, not there's not many posts with that color, so you stand No, out. that's it. So anything that's got that sort of yellow in it, and a lot of my projects now have, because <laughs> that worked. Interesting. So, well, part of it seems like, um, so you posted something yellow like that, but then you started analyzing. So it looks yes. like sharing content, uh, creating good content, but also then doing data analysis to see where you're at seems like a big yes. deal for growth. Yeah, that's right. So I will constantly look at what videos have performed well, okay. what content on Twitter has performed well. Mm -hmm. um, so I did, um, there's a little computer, you probably can't really see it, just about there. Yeah. Uh, and what that yeah. is, is a little, it looks like a mini Cray supercomputer. Uh, and it's actually 12 Raspberry Pi zeros all connected together. Oh, wow. Um, if you go to cluster-pi.com, you can see this thing running, running uh, Docker and lots of other uh, applications in there. Yeah. It runs its own website. So um, that got the most number of, um, um, what do they call them, impressions. And um, I think there was over like 300,000 impressions that that made. That was like almost like an instant overnight success, that one. It was crazy watching the figures go up in real time. Um, because what would happen is somebody go, wow, this is cool, retweet. And then you get other people retweeting that. And it kind of, right. you know, it spreads out. like a virus. It spread, yeah. it, you know, that, that was for me going viral. Now, interestingly, um, Linus from Linus Tech Tips, he uh -huh. said he's never had a viral video. He's just had that slow and steady growth throughout his entire career. And he's been on YouTube like, what, 13 years or something right. like that. And that's what it takes, I think, to be that that level of successful. And that's where I want to be. So I've got to focus on on having a business, you know, and having that, you know, make me make me able to sort of survive and live off that content and um, comfortably so as well, not just surviving on it. Uh, and one of the key things there is not having all your eggs in one basket. So mm -hmm. I'm the creative source. I'm the content producer. YouTube is just one outlet. So I also, you know, tweet on Twitter, completely separate company. So if one failed, I still have those people as a as an audience who who know who I am and where to find my stuff. Mm -hmm. And I also create websites as well. So there's a sticky place where people can come that isn't YouTube, that isn't Twitter. Um, so so you have more than one website for yes. your stuff? Yep. Okay, because yep. right now we have, I'm showing on screen, kevsrobots.com. What yes. other websites so do you have? So there is... Um, smarsfan.com right so smarsfan uh i put my little oops did i press the wrong button there that little button there smarsfan is this the website that started it all that's the little smars robots nice. these are a uh, screwless modular accessible robotic systems i think the guy called them uh and the, my favorite little robot so um smarsfan.com is where i started um putting stuff out there and I wanted some video content for the website and that's how I got into using OBS and recording stuff with my iPhone. I just had my iPhone on a little stand yeah. pointing at my face recording that and I bought a, a microphone um, to go with that as well just to but the lighting was terrible. Um, but the content well, and this is something I say I tell everybody when especially when they worry about transitions and lower thirds I'm like 
how's your content? Because who cares about all that stuff? Exactly. Get a good mic. That's it. Exactly. That's all you need. A good microphone and and ideas and just just go from there. Right. So right. Yeah. So having multiple sites, going on multiple social networks, all of that helps you in growing that audience. Yes, and. Uh, you know, that might seem like there's a lot of effort there in just sending all that stuff out. And, you know, well, there I probably is. <laughs> yeah. So I automate wherever I can. So I use if this, okay. then that. Um, yeah. I think it's like $3 a month or something. It's like ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And you can have a whole bunch of automations for that $3 a month. So I have one. Every time I go live on YouTube, it will send out um, a tweet with the thumbnail mm. of the video and the description and link to it. Uh, with the ha right hashtags and everything. So I don't have right. to do that. It does that for me. Um, similar with Instagram, it can also then retweet that on Twitter. Um, and I also use Discord. I discovered Discord about a year ago. So I, um, I'm i also into community building because that is, if, if you want to succeed, you know you need to know where your audience is, but they also need to know where you are. And a lot of people want access to you. You know, I get constantly messages couple a day on people from Facebook saying, can I private message you about this problem I'm having? And I haven't got time to speak to everyone like that. But what I can do is create a group where people can talk and maybe some other people in the same group can answer their question because we're all like-minded, right. all like robots and programming and, you know, this kind of stuff. So um, I started with Facebook groups. I, I think I've got 23,000 and a half people in that group now. It's wow. an insane number of people. Um, I didn't see a, a good conversion rate, though, between the number of people in that group and people subscribing to the YouTube channel. Right. Because Facebook doesn't bring me any revenue in. There's no subscriber um, kickback in any way. People just join there for the content. So I do carefully um, moderate that group so that there isn't any rubbish in there, so that it is a like-minded group of people. Uh, but I've now found that Discord allows a much better quality experience. You can have the different channels you can make people have different roles uh, and so on. Uh, and that does have a better um, yeah. Yeah, conversion rate. Right. So people who are in there probably have subscribed to the channel and they want to carry on that conversation. And I pop in there a couple of times a week and just sort of, you know, see how people are doing, see what they're working on, talk about robots, all that kind of stuff. It must be a, a great feeling to see so many people in your Discord server talking and you're like, hey, I built this. This is, it must, have, it must be Absolutely. a good feeling. And that I'm sure yeah. keeps you going as well. It does, it does. And 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 that's where um, sort of active listening to people, that's, that's definitely a skill I've developed where they will tell you what content they want. You just have to listen. So right. they might say, it'd be really great if you did a show on this. Sometimes they are that blatant. You think, yeah, I could do that. Um, or they might say something about, I'm having a problem with this. And you might think, I know the answer to that, but right. who else is having that problem? Let's right. create a show about that. Right. Yeah. A lot of my short form content is about solving really specific problems. And then videos tend to do ridiculously well because people use YouTube to search for that answer for a problem. They'll be, yeah, I mean, I, I watch connect? YouTube like some people watch Netflix. I, I mean, exactly. I just, and I don't mean the silly YouTube videos I'm talking about. I'll watch your stuff. I watch, I subscribe to so many channels all about, yeah. you know, the hobbies that I'm interested in. I'm always learning. I think that's really important. Exactly. What do you tell, we're almost done here. Um, yeah. we're, I, we could talk for hours, to be honest with you. I love it. It's It's been a great conversation, but um, I know you're a busy guy. Uh, what do you tell somebody that says, oh, what I do, it's been done, or a million people do it, so I shouldn't yes. do this. So I'll never find things. an audience for this. That's right. So you either need to be the first, 
be the best or be different. Uh, so with me, sometimes I'm the first, you know, if I'm one of the first people to get hold of this chip, right. I know I can make content that no one else has made yet because they didn't even see this coming. I can be the best at a particular thing if I'm really dialed down. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to have a lot of knowledge and experience in a particular thing to be the expert in it. But um, I can claim to be an expert in a few things. So I can I can I can say things and know things and share that with other people and add value in that way. And then just being different. You can bring no one else is you. So nobody else Your knows cake. what you know. Yeah, that's it. So, you, you know, you, you can bring something unique to it and you don't yeah. have to be self-critical and worry about what that is. Sometimes just being you is enough. So that's, that. you know, be the first, be uh, be the best or be different. Or be different. I love it. You know, a great way to end this uh, conversation. Kevin, it's been, man, it, it def we definitely took a different road than what we spoke about, but I loved sure. it. I loved this road a lot more. So thank you so much for taking me down this road. Uh, and I'll, I gotta be honest with you, you've, um, you gave me a lot of inspiration to keep doing what I'm doing right. uh, because yes. I know it takes work and um, it's great. Now, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, kevsrobots.com is the place, or do you want to give something Absolutely. else? Absolutely, yes. If you go to kevsrobots.com, uh, there should now be an about page on there. That I've just finished uploading this this uh, this afternoon so yeah, if you go to there you'll find all my social media links uh, and so on but yeah um, if you go to kev's robots you'll find all the content all the youtube videos are there that's that's really where i want people to go and have a look at that's where the most of the content is but yeah i'm on Perfect. twitter as well you can go to at kev's mac uh, i think on instagram it's kevin mclear they're the main places i hang out Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I mean, you've done a great uh, job growing your audience. You're extremely approachable and friendly. So I really appreciate it all. Thank you so much for doing this, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Makers and Nerds podcast. If you did, please subscribe and hit the like button. If you didn't, please leave a comment below and tell me why. Also, remember to visit makersandnerds.com to join our community of makers and nerds helping each other make money with our hobbies and passion. And if you want to get a hold of me, as always, email me marcelo at makersandnerds.com. On a final note, remember to believe in yourself. I know you could do it. Take your hobby, go make money with it, and do what you love all the time, not just after work. So until the next episode, see ya. Bye.